Hey there, and welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in inspiring conversations with leaders in ministry and ministry partnerships. These discussions allow for us to learn more about different leaders and their experiences as we navigate questions about their call to ministry, the challenges they have faced, things they wish they knew or would share with others, and so, so much more about what it means to live into their calling. This community is truly a place to find those who get you, and we hope that what you hear encourages you and gives you takeaways for your own journey. Here's a little bit about our guest today. While I'm sure our guest is no stranger to many of you today, uh, we have the incredible Kathy Lip on the podcast. Kathy Lip is the publisher's weekly best-selling author of 20 books, including The Accidental Homesteader, An Abundant Place, Daily Retreats for the Woman Who Can't Get Away, Overwhelmed, and Clutter-Free, and there are many, many more. Along with being part of the Encourage at Dayspring writing team, she's the host of the Clutter-Free Academy podcast. Kathy lives on her Red House mini home homestead with her husband Roger, seven chickens, and their nine-pound dog, Moose. Today, we talked with Kathy Lipp about leadership insights she's gained as a ministry leader and author of 25 books. Kathy is such a fun and practical leader, so she's so easy to connect with, but don't be fooled. She is a highly intentional and thought-provoking leader that all of us can learn a lot from. In fact, Erin and I learned a ton just talking to her, but lucky for you, we're generous enough to share our conversation with you. She talks about the Pinterest board of leading and how chickens have a lot to teach us. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what? Well, I guess you'll just have to listen to the episode for yourself and glean all the useful nuggets of leadership that God might tell you through this conversation with Kathy Lipp. Hey, Lead Bold listeners, we are back with another hopefully encouraging, hopefully inspiring, we know it will be, episode of our Lead Bold podcast. I'm here with Erin Hanley, my co-host. Hey, Erin. Hello, everyone. So excited to be here and very excited for our guest today. Yes, we have been planning this one for a while because this particular guest is in high demand and we're so eager to get to have a conversation with her. We know that you will learn a lot, you will laugh a lot, and we know God has something for you. So welcome to Kathy Lip. Oh my goodness. Okay, if high demand means that um, I've been on a book deadline for about five years and um, <laughs> snowstorms that were six feet tall wiped out our internet for months at a time, then yes, I am in super high demand. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I mean by high demand. And you know what I, what I think one of the ways though, that it is important to recognize that is that so many of our listeners do have so many demands on their life. And I think right. one of the things that I love about you, Kathy, is that you come alongside in such practical ways, not just like theologically practical, but just practical in all the ways. And so before we jump into our conversation focused on leadership, um, I know you have a new book coming out, and I know that by the end of our conversation, all of our listeners are going to want to hear more from you. So tell <laughs> us about The Accidental Homesteader. Uh, yes. Okay. So this is, uh, I was just telling Aaron and Andrea that, you know, uh, themes from your book often come after the book is written. And uh, one of the big themes of this book was what if. 
what if mm. we decided to buy a second house, we would have to Airbnb it because, you know, we live in Silicon Valley and we just aren't throwing away around second house money. So um, what if we did that? And then we thought, what if we did writer's retreats there? And so we would need a little bit bigger house. And then what if, what if, and so this is a home in uh, the, uh, it's east of Sacramento, kind of towards Lake Tahoe. And we moved here back and forth, living in San Jose and um, a little tiny hamlet called Omo Ranch, California. And we're going back <laughs> and forth, back and forth. And then what I noticed was my husband, who is the most amazing, giving, generous human being I know, what also had like his joy and his peace factor uh, just blew off the charts whenever he was in the mountains. Mm. And I was like, is there a way we could make this full time? So we came up here, we made full time. And then uh, the other thing that has just emerged from all this is pay attention to those stirrings. Like we just decided, what if we had chickens? What if we planted a garden? What if we had a greenhouse? <laughs> I'm still asking my husband if, what if we had goats? And he's like, um, we will never find that out. But, you know, I figure once you, <laughs> once you do um, gateway animal, you know, gateway livestock, which is chickens, everything just comes tumbling after that. So. Yeah. And to be clear, like your, that was a stirring in you, but it doesn't have to be a stirring in me. Right. I have no desire oh, to have chickens, gosh, but no. maybe I'll have other things that no, are not I, alive. Probably. I will say the more I talk to people, the more I feel like everybody has a little tiny homesteading stirring in them, whether it's baking their own bread or you know, planting a salsa garden, but no, mm. you don't have to be insane. Uh, you just have to be, you have to be willing to listen. And mm. yeah, so we, we've kind of embraced the whole thing. So we're still like working our real jobs, our ministry jobs and doing this. And so we're not bored. That's for sure. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't think you've ever been accused of being bored. No, we're, we're loving it. And like, I feel like this has just enhanced so many things that are in our ministry and how, how we serve it. It's, it's improbable, but it's amazing. Yeah. So the book is about kind of what you learned in that process. Um, obviously you're a leader, you've been a ministry leader for many, many years. Um, I'm assuming some leadership stuff, even though it's not technically a leadership book, I'm assuming some leadership stuff has come out of it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it would be really hard to classify this as a leadership book since we don't live near humans. So it'd be very hard to lead anybody else. <laughs> but what I will say is there's a part of leadership that I've never really indulged in before or really thought through. And this, it, it's self-leadership. Like, how am I going to challenge myself? How am I going to, I'll be really honest with you. Um, before the pandemic, I felt in many ways, kind of my life, I don't, I don't want to say shutting down. Like I wasn't sick. I was, but it, I just, you know, I had hit 50, which is still very young. Let's all be very, very clear about that. But yeah. You know, some of the, the big ministry hits and the 
obvious connections I had 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 already happened. And a lot of things were changing. And I just didn't know. I'll just be honest with you. I didn't know if my voice was needed. And if my voice isn't needed, let's step out. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy to spend some time, you know, resting and recovering and thinking about what does retirement look like? And I will say um, that I really had to, once we moved up here, because I thought this was going to be kind of like our retirement house. Oh no, this is just, this was a new job that we decided to take on apparently. And it has <laughs> reinvigorated um, how I do ministry, how I lead, how I challenge myself, how I, I make my decisions and how um, Roger and I operate as a team because we are a team in all of this, even though he works full-time at a fortune 50 company, um, in leadership, uh, he would tell you so much of his leadership lessons came from not just our ministry, but also from being here at this house. Like, how do we mm. think about things differently? How do we have a new perspective on things? How do we make sure that we are leading with um, a longing towards personal and spiritual health for those that we are leading? And we have to model yeah. that. We can't just say you should be spiritually and emotionally and physically healthy and then kill ourselves. So yeah. I would say in every area of our health, has gone up exponentially since living here. And it's just been finding that balance. But most people are gonna find that balance in the suburbs. It's just gonna, mm -hmm. there's, but there is gonna be some igniting thing that makes you question, were the things I taught really the right things? Were the things mm. I have been saying and leading? And it really makes me, um, I have to go apologize sometimes because of things that I've said, not in a mean or angry way, but I was just wrong. Like I was just wrong. <laughs> and so I have to go say, you know what? I was wrong on that. So let's, let's, let's learn together. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. It sounds like this, this project has been a chance for a lot of self-reflection for you and looking at it as how do I lead myself? How do I look at things differently is such a leadership value for sure. Um, let's talk, you know, you kind of segued a little bit into our first question, maybe unintentionally, but um, just for those that maybe aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your ministry currently, what you're doing. And I know that you do lead a big team. And so I really love that you've talked about not only modeling, but having a heart for creating space where those you lead can be healthy in all the ways. And maybe if you could start there and then just tell us a little bit uh, about what you do and, and what ministry yeah. and leadership looks like for you. Yeah. So I am a writer and a speaker. Uh, over the past five years, it's been a lot more writing than speaking just because of the nature of where we live and also um, what the world was going through. So uh, mm, yeah. I I think I'm at about book 25. And I'm not saying that because like, I don't know how to count my books, but it's because they've gone into different translations and different editions and things like that. So, uh, and one of my main jobs now is I'm a podcaster. I've been doing that for almost nine years. Uh, I have a podcast called Clutter Free Academy. And so I started off by writing marriage books and I had one that was pretty popular. It was on bestsellers lists and things like that. And, 
from there, I have really moved over into really more, much more practical day-to-day living, especially helping people with um, decluttering and organizing. And uh, because let me just be honest, my dad was a hoarder. And I, wow. uh, re- yeah, you know, that's, it's a different way to live. And I will be honest with you. I was kind of heading down that road before wow. I just said, okay, this is something I need to get. I need to get, I need to understand why am I acting the way I'm acting? And um, really, you know, a lot of fear, guilt, and shame came around that, mm-hmm. you know, fear. Like I always talk about how that manifests fear. What if I need it someday? Guilt. Um, so-and-so gave it to me. So I need to keep it till Jesus comes back and shame. I spent so much money on it. I can never give it away. And Mm. so I really started to process some of those things. And that's where we've built a lot of our ministry is because so many people deal with their stuff and, or have struggled dealing with their stuff. So a lot of what we do is built around, uh, there are really two aspects, you know, the, the, um, decluttering and working with our stuff. And then the other side of our ministry slash business is writing at the red house. So we do retreats mm. up here in the mountains, but we also have online uh, groups that you can belong to, to work on your writing and work on your speaking and all of that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of uh, the big umbrella that all these things sit under amazing i think that there's something to be said um for how emotional people can be connected to uh tangible things and right. um you know I, I that's so interesting i'm sure just from a, a spiritual perspective right that in your ministry sometimes it's so hard knowing that there is a connection to something greater than us right that the world we live in is temporal that god is bigger mm-hmm. than all these things but man that's a really powerful place to be to help people kind of peel their their white knuckles off of some of those things that that hold us back from living a much more meaningful life with god um and uh that's a really powerful place to be kathy i think that's really cool you know it's really interesting as we're starting to understand more about the spectrum of adhd and Mm. things like that these people and it's mostly women that i deal with but there's a lot of men in our group too who uh just have felt like failures their entire lives their entire Mm. lives and or have been told they're lazy i i almost don't believe in laziness anymore Mm. i believe in distractedness or not knowing what the next step is or you know there's a lot of that i don't know too many lazy people and you know, people who struggle with clutter are often the kindest, most creative, wonderful people, but the people who are hardest on them are themselves and their families. And Mm. to see the freedom to say, Hey, we're all out here. We're all struggling, but you know what? We can make progress and you're not broken. You're distracted. Let's figure that portion out is really a gift. That's huge. And especially in the world of ministry, I think you know, neurodivergency is something that we see affect so many workplaces and we see it hold people back from feeling like they are capable. And it's one of those things where the beauty of being in a community of believers is you hope and intend that that's a safe place to investigate those things to say, Hey, let's find the workaround. 
let's find a different process of, of operating that works for you. But I am sure there are listeners in our community who may struggle with ADHD, with other neurodivergency issues that uh, may feel like that holds them back from either growing in their in their work or or maybe progressing in terms of their ministry. So it's amazing. so true. I remember hearing from an educational consultant one time. Uh, she was talking about how there was a school that said every student needs to have their binder set up exactly the same way. Um, mm. th- any teacher needs to be able to go in there and grab anything from it at any time. And um, she was a consultant, and she said. I'd rather have you have a different test. Could you ask your students, can they put their hands on this piece of paper that they need in under 30 seconds? And mm. she said, if they can, why does it matter what their binder looks like? And I thought, yes, mm. this is, and don't we see that often in ministry? We've always done it this way. It always needs to be done mm. this way. Let's continue this way. But maybe there's a different way that, uh, because God is a God of variety. And, um, you know, we need all these unique and incredible voices. And so I I love that, you know, yes, this is such a powerful topic. Yeah, it is such a great focus to be able to recognize that who the people that we're leading aren't going to do things the same way that we do. And having that greater awareness of, what's going on behind or underneath what we think we're seeing. Um, I know you've shared that you're dyslexic and that kind of leads into one of the questions um, kind of going on the same trail of mm-hmm. with that, knowing that maybe people looked at you a certain way or you had certain labels that you put on yourself. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and and kind of flowing into how God used you and maybe ways that surprised you that, that you were called to ministry and and effective in ministry in spite of these things that seemed like, you know, a limitation. Yeah. So dyslexia has followed me my entire life. Um, You know, I was labeled as stupid. I was late in fourth grade. um, My teacher said, you know, I transferred from another school and said, Kathy's so far behind. We need to put her, back a grade. And my mom, who was a social worker at the time, said, Kathy's not dumb, so let's get her tested. And turns out, you know, I'm reading at like a college level in fourth grade. Now, we won't talk about math, but you know, like there there were skills there. And I think mm-hmm. it's, that's why I'm very different than other writers. I always call them writerly writers. And there are writers <laughs> who have to speak And then there are speakers who have to write and I'm a speaker who has to write and Mm. I don't love the process of writing. So many people do. That is not my jam, but my jam is having written something. It's like, Oh, that's my favorite. And so I, I write to be read. I guess everybody does. That makes me sound pretentious and terrible. Let me just say <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just trying. I am working to get my point across the best I know how. That's what I'm trying to do when I'm writing, which is what I do when I'm speaking. And so um, I think I think the speaking gives me an advantage when it comes to the writing. Because mm. I, I get to be, you know, Andrea, I know you are in front of audiences all the time and we get to hear what an audience responds to. And when you're a writer, you never get to hear that. Mm. And so this is, it's such a 
a gift that I never would have chosen, but I get to open and reopen and open again on a regular basis that has helped me so much in my writing. And, you know, especially this book I just wrote, um, I was talking with somebody about it today and she's like, how do you like that? Because it's a lot of pictures and, and um, recipes and um, DIY projects as opposed to just like a traditional nonfiction book. And I'm like, this is the most fun I've ever had writing a book. It's like having your Pinterest board and getting to put all your favorite things on it and then write <laughs> in between. Like, that's the kind of book I want to read. And now I've mm. discovered that's the kind of book I want to write. And where mm. it may not have the deep spiritual, you know, nuance and um, layers that some of uh, my friends' books have, I get to have those kind of conversations in real life on podcasts, like with you guys, because of the content of the book. And so that brings mm -hmm. me so much joy. And a lot of it comes from, yeah, uh, writing is not my biggest strength as, as I go around trying to sell my book, but uh, I'm <laughs> able to put these books together because of my love for speaking. Yeah. I have okay, so I have a follow-up question, but I also have to point out that it's so funny that you made that reference to a Pinterest board because what you don't know is that Erin works full time for Pinterest. That's like her day gig. So <laughs> So you are speaking her language. Oh, <laughs> so great analogy. That, but isn't that what a great book? And I'm not saying mine's a great book, but it was so much fun to put together. And you know, it's like, it really does have recipes, DIY projects, you know, a story in there and then great pictures of my chickens, like the best pictures you've ever seen. In your <laughs> Why does it life. keep coming back to the chickens? Um, the chickens so, okay, everything. <laughs> no, stop. You will never convince me. Um, okay. I, I'm going to go off the rails here a little bit yeah, because I know why not. Um, yeah. But I think what fascinates me as you talk about you know, as you you talk about, this is different than your other books, and it's brought so much joy and creativity, and you're feeling like it's resonating. Um, I think so often, as women who are trying to navigate ministry, that at least I feel like sometimes I'll talk to women, and you work so hard to kind of figure it out and find your niche and get in a place that feels like it's fitting your gifts, and that's such a good place to be, and also sometimes we can get where we're afraid to mess with that at all because there's the unknown and all that. And I know kind of you were talking mm -hmm. about paying attention to the stirrings. As you think about our listeners as women who are navigating ministry leadership on a lot of different levels, could you just speak to that a little bit in terms yeah. of like, maybe what do they need to hear right now that would allow either some freedom or just an ability to look more holistically and, be willing to move or be willing to stay, you know, and, yeah. and kind of work with God and all that. Can you just talk about your experience yes. with that? Uh, okay. So this is taking me 56 years. So if you are <laughs> in your thirties, you are so ahead of the curve. If you're in your forties, if you're in your sixties, I think most people don't get this their entire life, but I will tell you the biggest thing for me is um, it's okay to compromise on small things, but do not compromise on big things. And what I mean by that is, you know, we see all these shirts, no compromise, those kind of things. 
you know what? We are compromising every single day. I was in negotiations with toddlers over whether they got to eat, you know, natural gummies or candy <laughs> gummies when they were four. Like we are constantly in negotiation and there are things that you, it's okay to compromise on. But when it comes, and let me just give you an example. So I wrote a book a long time ago called The Husband Project. That was my very first book, did really well. Uh, I, it had a resurgence because Proverbs 31 picked it up as their Bible study. It wasn't a Bible study, but they picked it up. It was the biggest book they had ever had. Okay, so crazy, right? So my publisher comes back to me and they're like, we want you to write more marriage books and we want you to write more parenting books. And I'm like, no, oh no, that sounds terrible. I, I do hmm. not want to do that. I loved writing The Husband Project, but after working, going to all these marriage conferences and women's conferences, what I realized is, um, you know, women were doing so much of the heavy lifting in their marriages with sometimes, sometimes, not always, men who were not making any changes. And they just thought, these women thought, if I bought the right book, if I say the right thing, it, mm. you know, it's all going, I, I can fix it. And I just felt like I was selling something that wasn't there. And so I didn't want to write your traditional parenting book or marriage book because I was still in many ways, and I know this is such a loaded term, but I don't know a better term for it, deconstructing my own thoughts and ideas. So I said, mm. I, I won't do that, but I will do this. I will do decluttering. I will do a devotional. Like these are things I'm excited about. And it's the best decision I've made in my life. Now, mm -hmm. I've written smaller things that maybe were not like the most exciting things in my life, but it, it served a greater purpose. And so I don't mind writing an article, but a book is a long time to spend with a subject that you're not passionate about. And so start making those little compromises if you need to, to open up those larger opportunities. I think that is a great way of looking at it, but don't let your life be a series of compromises. Know, you know, know that you can try something out. And if it's a small little step, you don't have to keep going in that direction. You can change directions, but don't commit to big things that are not where your passions lie, because that's a good way to waste a year or two or six. Uh, that's huge. I think, you know, so many uh, who are in the position of being a woman in ministry, sometimes there is that desire to be like, you know, hey, I've had a stirring in my heart to potentially like move into something different. And they get the like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, but you're so great. And people love you in kids ministry. And right. we like, you know, those opportunities to really lean in to, to, to mentors that you trust and to lean into the Lord and yes. say like, I don't feel you leading me in this direction. I feel an obligation to do something obligation yes. and, and call being something different, right. Which Absolutely. is so hard to navigate. So I think that resonates so, so strongly. True, Aaron. Yeah, so true. We have to, we have to know when it is God's voice or man's voice. And when I say man, a human voice, uh, that is because it's really easy to keep people in a position that serve us as leaders without mm. serving them back. And we need to be yeah. the most active leaders and uh, servers in the room. That's what good leadership is. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It really speaks to a lot of, um, free, I hear freedom and what you're saying. And, um, again, just that knowing that at the end of the day, it is us accountable to what we're sensing God leading us and, and doing that with, you know, with, um, with passion and with conviction. Um, we're kind of just have a little bit of time left. So I want to make sure we talk about this last question, you know, um, lead bold is so much founded on this idea of connecting women who are leaders together, because as we know, leading in ministry can feel siloed and isolated and lonely and all that. Um, how do you stay connected with other women and other women who are in ministry and how do you, you know, what kind of value do you place on that connection when it comes to your leadership? It's, it's one of the chief tenets of what we do. And so what we have is a really big uh, intern program. We do have employees, but we also have mostly interns. And these are all uh, content creators. They're Christ-following content creators who want to be doing more than of that. So it's just 10 hours a month for them, but uh, they are getting to see other women leaders. So we have what we call our rock star team. These are our, like our podcast producer, our um, newsletter producer, all these people that almost all of them came onto the team like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I'm just here to serve and to learn. And somebody on the team, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's my husband, Roger, sometimes it's somebody else on the team says, I see something in you. And mm. guys, so many times that I see something in you is they they knew it was there they just didn't have the boldness to walk forward in it and so many of these women now have businesses like they thought they were supposed to be writers and speakers and some of them are doing that but some of them are um creating newsletters for um authors some of them are producing podcasts they are running social media like they're building their own businesses and they're getting to do things that they love uh, in tandems with, you know, getting to be the main person at home with their family. And sometimes that's a husband also who is, um, they're able to support them in, you know, helping their husband working from home and doing this thing. You know, sometimes women figure out what they want to do a little bit later because of family pressure. And, you know, mm -hmm. but we still need to figure it out. So we do that. Um, we have a mastermind where we have other um, women who we are part of a mastermind together. I lead that and they are all different kinds of creators, authors, that kind of thing. But we meet together once a month. We talk about what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to push forward on. And we have this wisdom that we all get to share, which is amazing. And then I, I just have three of my best friends who we're all in the boxer chain. And we call ourselves the Bad Moms Club. <laughs> and boxer chase. Yep. For 10 years on, um, you know, first it was email and now it's Voxer. We just, we come to each other. We're all in ministry. We're all um, parenting adult children. One of, one of them also has um, junior high and high school kids. But uh, we, we came together because we all felt like terrible moms at the exact same time. And we were just supporting each other and we have gone through so much together. The, and we get together usually once or twice a year 
And these are my ride and dies. These are the women that like, they know everything about me and I know everything about them. And um, it's, it's a challenge to be a women, woman in ministry. Um, we've, we've had some bad things happen um, by ministry, you know, just being a part mm-hmm. of churches and being a part of Christian organizations. There's been some not great stuff that's gone down, but we know that we have each other's back and we know that we're praying for each other and we care deeply for each other. And uh, it's this, it, besides my marriage, it's the most, and I'm including my kids. This is the most important set of relationships I have because they make mm. me a better mom of adults. They make me a better friend. They make me a better leader. And um, I just, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, what I love about what you're doing is that, and I think so many of our listeners can relate to that, is that you are creating a structure where mentoring and mutual growth is happening. And yes, you are the leader and you're probably often in that seat where you don't have a peer in your ministry. And yet you also have filled that spot um, to have those peer relationships. And I think that's there's so much wisdom in that, because what I hear from a lot of pastors and leaders that I talk to is it's these women who in the room, they are always the leader or at the table, they're the leader. And so absolutely, that is a big part of our calling. And we want to be living into that. And also, where do I look around, you know, to find my ride or dies, like you say, and the people Mm -hmm. that really do know me. So I love that that's how you've been doing ministry for a long time. Yeah. And you know, lots of us, um, I'm, I'm still this way in one of my roles. We're often the only woman in the room. And so, you know, we don't always have that friend in our workplace. You know, I do a weekly meeting where it's a bunch of pastors and me, and I am the only chick, but you know what? Um, my viewpoint is really important in that room because we're developing a Sunday message that is, you know, 55% 55% of the audience is women. And right. I have kept, I have kept some pastors from saying some really stupid things. And, um, <laughs> well, on behalf I, of all women, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yes. This is this, this, this I'm here to serve, but also, you know, I get to, I get to challenge the underlying thinking and they challenge my thinking and it's a really good thing, but I also have to have those women in my life who we can talk about these things and say, am I crazy? am I crazy or should we not be putting something that way? Should we not be? And so it's great to have those women in ministry that we can say, Hey, I'm just checking in. Help me understand. Yeah. That's so good. Kathy, it has been incredibly fun to talk with you and we're so thankful that you not only gave us time today, but that you're doing what you're doing in ministry. Um, Those of you that are just now getting to learn about Kathy and her ministry, I hope that you'll go check her out. She obviously is a lot of fun, but also just has amazing things that really do improve your ministry, improve your relationships, improve your life in so many good ways. So um, Kathy, thank you so much for being with us today. You guys, I've been a fan of Lead Bold for a long time, and um, I just, I love what you're doing here, and I'm honored that I got to be a part of this today. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. 
Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and hearing this awesome conversation with Kathy Lip. If you'd like more information about Kathy to learn more about her ministry, her books, and um, all that's going on in her homestead, feel free to check her out at kathylip.com. That's K-A-T-H-I-L-I-P-P.com. Of course, you can also find out more about Kathy through her podcast, The Clutter Free Academy, which is at Clutter Free Academy on socials. And if you'd like to more about Lead Bold and what it is we've got going on, we have a ton up and coming this year. Check us out at leadingbold.org. Until next time, keep leading bold.